0: Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, V.M. Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. This week, my guest is...
1: Patricia, or Patricia, whatever you want to call me.
0: How are you doing? How How are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Just fine. Thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you for inviting me. This is very exciting.
0: Is there anything you would like to promote before we get started?
1: Um, Yeah, I would like to promote my website. It's Um, www.pmdinteractive.com. That will be uh, P as a potato, M as a mom, D as a dog, interactive.com. And also my Twitter. It's twitter.com slash PM Duarte. And yeah, you can find me there.
0: Great, thank you. Well, we're here to talk a lot about Magic, so let's get to it. So, how long have you been playing Magic in general?
1: In general, about a year and a half. I don't play that frequently. I play with a friend. Um, my skills are very uh, very, basic, but uh, yeah, once in a while I get to play.
0: Very nice. Have you given Magic Arena very much play?
1: Um, I just played literally a couple days ago, and I was testing it, And um, but I think I'm going to play it more frequently because I really like it.
0: So you got hooked on it just like everyone else?
1: Yeah, exactly. I- I'm concerned about my credit.
0: And you can't wait to play it at every waking moment like everyone else?
1: <laughs> I like it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm concerned about my job, too. <laughs> I'm a play there.
0: Very nice. So... Uh, would you then consider yourself beginner, intermediate, or advanced level yeah, i I'm,
1: I'm definitely a beginner, probably just even less than that, but yeah, definitely a beginner.
0: Well, we all start somewhere. I remember playing back in the 90s with my brothers, and we didn't really know how the cards worked. We just kind of played these cards and look at this huge creature, and I don't know what it does, but it's cool and powerful. So, <laughs> After all of these years later, I definitely feel much more of an intermediate skill level. There's always something new to learn, so I'm not at the advanced yet, but I consider myself intermediate, but you'll get there.
1: Yeah, hopefully.
0: What uh, sorts of colors do you like playing in Magic?
1: Well, actually, the first time that I got uh, to play a deck, I played with a uh, welcome deck. Well, my favorite color is green, and green was, you know, all about the nature, mm-hmm. nature related. I personally find out later on that it's not that powerful, mm-hmm. but it was my favorite. Um, I play with the red, uh, with the red deck it, again, the welcoming deck. So I, I like red. I like white as well.
0: Well, what's cool about magic is you can combine the colors. So if you find the strategy of one color interesting and you then combine it with its complementary or even enemy color, you get another sort of deck with all of the good parts of each of the colors.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like
0: green is a really good at having big creatures, and then red is good at having like direct damage spells. So if you combine those two, you've got a deck full of big creatures and a lot of direct damage.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Magic the Arena is one of those games that you really can stretch your eyes about either being patient and play the big the big creatures or just being probably smart and do it fast it really it can you can really play both the games and if you have a good strategy you can win
0: yeah uh if people are trying to get up to if you're if they're doing if they're playing through the ladder, which is to get up to the rankings, then definitely that's when you've got to use the most skill that you can. but the cool thing is that with magic arena you can also play people one on one. so if you're a little bit more casual or a little bit more on beginning or intermediate, you can play people one on one and that's really cool because if you don't have the the paper cards, there's a way to play with your opponent with your friends through Magic Arena and I think that's a great way to play too.
1: Yeah that's correct uh, and also you can just uh, practice I mean it's, it's very powerful and also it guides you I mean I really like that I, and I guess w- that's what it makes it a little bit easier to play mm-hmm. because it directly tells you what to do it tells you when it's your turn what are you missing mm-hmm. where you can uh, what will be the the next step and it's It's always guiding you and that makes a very fast and interactive
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think the software is a great learning tool they have a whole tutorial that walks you step by step but even if you go past the tutorial it still really helps you in playing because it highlights your mana yeah, it stops right. and it like pauses and like kind of really helps you so i think that's a great way for beginners to learn to play because it really guides you have there been any cool or weird or funny moments that you've had on arena or playing magic in general Funny
1: moments, no, really. Like I take the game so seriously that they're fun moments, especially when you're when you are attacking your opponent and you're kicking their butts. But uh, other than that, uh, funny funny moments. I don't think that much. Again, it's probably because I take it too seriously. If I mm-hmm. become more comfortable with the game, and maybe I can have more fun.
0: Mm-hmm. I've had a few times playing Arena where. Uh, I've played like for example i have a I have a goblin deck it's a it's a red deck. it's just one color, and these little goblins they have a very low casting cost, so you can get them up pretty fast. but there's a couple of combos in there where you bring out. Uh, one of the goblins and it makes the other goblins stronger so they start off as little 1-1s but when you start to build a combo suddenly I'm attacking and doing 7 damage with these like little creatures and it's just really funny to me because I had a game recently where someone was summoning their big old 12-12 creature (laughs) and I'm like too bad I've already got you down to 3 life with all of my constant goblin attacks that you barely got at your 12-12 and I still had 20 life so I had like no fear at all that they got their 12-12 and they were down and they got killed because my goblin assault
1: well now that you're mentioning that yeah that's kind of fun when you see the opponent being worked out and and getting mad i'm sorry but (laughs) yeah it's kind of fun
0: (laughs) yeah uh we need to have like a better chat system in arena because the only thing you can do right now is select from one of the six little comments it can be oops or it can be you know, good job, or it can be hello, but you don't have very much chat. So, you know, who knows what it'll happen if we have full chat, because then you're, you're going to maybe taunt your opponent too much. Yeah,
1: exactly. It would convert probably in tweeters and, and, you know, with all these mean people making <laughs> comments. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> I understand why they don't do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, as a more beginner player, what is something you wish you had known early on when you first started playing Magic?
1: You know, I wish... I wish I could have known this game before. You know, I always have loved this type of games, and I, and I think in general I'm a good strategic player in general in, in video games. So if I would have started earlier, I think I would I would love just to at least double into the game a little bit more, and then and then on time maybe get back to it or something. I I I wasn't aware of it. I just was introduced very recently. I I don't think it's a game that it's promoted in enough, um, and it's it's very fun. So I wish I, I wish I could have known it better. I, mm-hmm. Like probably ten years ago, or so.
0: Yeah, there's uh, the the game has been around since 1993, and it's always kind of maybe you could say underground or cult in a certain sort of way. But it, it, I think they're kind of stepping up their promotion a little bit more in the last few years to really reach more of an audience. Because, of course, the success of anything is when more people know about it that would be interested in it. So, um, uh, you know, more promotion for, for it, I think, would always be a good thing, definitely. I think when I first started off, um, I think what I would have liked to known is some of these things like uh this is a big revelation for players you start with 20 life And the object of course is to reduce the opponent down to zero right beginners often feel too much like i got to protect my life at all costs i can't get damaged at all there are strategies where okay yeah go ahead and hit me because i can keep my creature i'm not going to block but i'm going to keep my creature because then on my turn i could then make it do something more than that, So I think learning that, that life is part of the resource. It's not like, you know, you've won the game. Even if you have one life, you've won the game. So it's not about did I win with 20 life or did I right. win with one life? Right. At any point that I win, I've won. So using life as a resource is something that I think comes with experience. And that's something I, w- I wish I would have learned early on.
1: Yeah, and and you know I agree. I agree, and I think I, that's what I do. That's the strategy that I use, and I am comfortable with it. because yeah, I mean if you get to keep your creature, you get to keep your mana, you can play make a an amazing play next time. I mean it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I'm from Mexico City. I I grew up there. I I I I was wondering actually if if this magic the Magic uh, the Gathering was. Was available in Mexico at all.
0: From the history that I've read, the company did start to publish international versions pretty early on. Definitely by 1995, Mm -hmm. they had reached a lot of countries throughout the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, The game started in 93, so I'm pretty sure by 95 it was in Russian, it was in Portuguese, it was in Spanish. Right. So it has been around all over the world, but probably even more underground than, than the U.S. So it, it's it's been around.
1: It yeah. I wonder if it was more in Spain, focus on Spain than in Mexico. Like I would love to know those tra- uh, those statistics, mm-hmm. to see how. I'm I'm thinking now what what the internet and social media that it's able uh, the the game has been able to reach faster other countries and. Mm-hmm. You know, like communicate with the other people, people here in the US mm-hmm. and, and and learn more about it and definitely become better better players.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an international thing now, and uh, just more people can have access to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: From what you know so far of magic or the game, the community, the company, is there anything maybe that you think that could be improved? about magic?
1: I think that the company and the brand has been around for so long that they know better. I I feel that somehow, personally, it's enticing the fact that they don't promote it as much. I wish I could have known it before, Mm -hmm. but also it it makes it so somehow elitist, but in a good way, but definitely... uh, with magic daring uh, I think that they have been really step up, mm-hmm. a step up and I feel that they are putting a lot of effort on on the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It looks amazing. the graphics mm-hmm. are sensational it's, it's it's everything. So I think somehow there's still maybe a pride that we don't know or it, a reason why it hasn't been that promoted as much. Mm-hmm. I would like to understand that. I don't understand it in, in the same standpoint of, a, of a probably profit, but probably in in other ways, I think they're being smart somehow to, to keep it a little, still a little bit on, underground. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think more promotion, if they do it right, uh, things can easily go on the wrong track, mm-hmm. promotion, and there is that about keeping it within a niche or a community is good. As you try to reach more people, you don't know if you're going to reach negative people or people that are just jumping onto it because it's popular, but they don't like it as much. So it's just that as being careful how you promote, I suppose, but definitely uh, reaching more people, I think, would always be good. Yeah. What's one thing, if you can boil it down to it, what's one thing you love about magic?
1: I think what I I love the most is probably the connection that you get with someone. Mm -hmm. Like the people that you that you meet playing the game i love the possibilities that you can do with a game and i think it's it's not a linear strategy that you can have like in, in a lot of games but i think it definitely here you can change for so much and for so many people your strategy with each individual or with, the, mm-hmm. with your deck and and i think it's more the possibilities that it gives you
0: mm. what i really like is exactly that there's so many possibilities i have so many cards too many cards in the real world that i can make so many decks out of and all the time i'm thinking about how does this card work with this deck or how does how can I put this idea? Do I have enough of this type of card? There's like fun things that are like not going to win you tournaments, but let me make a cat deck. So I'm going to pick all the cats that come together and what kind of enchantments can go with it or what kind of artifacts or whatever. So I just love that there's such a possibility of so many ways to make a deck. If you want to be a pro and go into tournaments and make money, there's kind of a little bit more narrow what kind of decks to make because everyone's playing the same decks, it seems, yeah. when you get to those levels. But when you're playing casually, it's like... Like, I can make any kind of deck that I want. I had a game just a few days ago where I became the enemy of the table because my deck was just too evil. It was too it was making everyone discard their cards and destroying their stuff so easily without them having much of a chance, and I became the main enemy and I was the first one killed in a in a four-player game. No, in a six-player game, I was the first one killed. <laughs> because I was just too mean. But I thought that was fun <laughs> yeah, for was that. Amazing. And I don't think I'll play that deck that often because I don't want to be the enemy all the time but I just love the possibility of making decks
1: well it seems that by organizing the decks itself itself is a game right it mm-hmm. itself is a strategy it's fun it's yeah. like it's the anticipation that you can do with it mm-hmm. and I bet it's very exciting
0: <laughs> yes now even though this is a magic podcast and even though magic is the best I guess there's other types of hobbies do you have any non-related hobbies
1: well, yeah, I like photography, especially nature photography. Um, I do um, marketing and web design on the on the side, and um, I do like video games. Um, I don't play them as much, but I still I, I still like video games. I started from Mario Bros to now. i um, playing
0: from Mario Bros to Farmville.
1: The Farmville, <laughs> yeah, Farm. Uh, that that sounds like two thousand. 8 probably yes so I'm dating myself I don't, I don't
0: I'm not up to the current video games anymore do people still play crisis no that one's also old never mind
1: yeah I know um, I still play video games not the new ones but definitely on my cell phone I, I play a couple um, there's one alien shooter which got me hooked mm-hmm. um, but definitely but photography is the, that will be one of the things I, I love to travel those will be the hobbies that I, I consider my, my main ones
0: very cool. I uh, One of my biggest, oldest hobbies is comic books. I have a comic book collection that's over 30 years old, that's probably over 3,000 issues, and I've been collecting and reading comics on and off since my very first Spider-Man comic in 1987. He's my favorite superhero. I really like his backstory, the flawed character... And I just, I still love comics, either if they're new ones right off of the comic shelf or old ones that I found at uh, Goodwill and thrift stores that I, you know, they, there's a fascinating story there too because it was in someone's collection and somehow it ended up at a thrift store and then I found it and now it's part of my collection and it's going on to the different collectors and readers and generations. So Yeah,
1: especially if it's in a good condition, in perfect condition, then you find a thrift store for one or for two dollars and that they, yeah. you're trying to negotiate it to, to make it one dollar something That
0: I've fun. definitely had that where I've yeah. found great quality copies of books for a dollar that are worth you know 50 60 70 80 dollars I have found that so that's part of the thrill of it too going to thrift stores and see what right. can you find what, in
1: what treasure
0: in that yeah what treasure what comic treasure in that hobby yeah do you know very much of the magic backstory, the story that's happened at any point in magic?
1: Yes, I have a good friend, and he's a great storyteller. And he's the one that actually tells me mm-hmm. and actually, you know, gets me, like, we have these conversations about uh, what's going on with the stories. I don't personally follow up. I started to follow up with one, this, this teasers. I saw these teasers about... War of the Spark, and I would think that's, that's probably the first one that I've seen so far.
0: Hmm. So then it's a, it's a little bit more about the recent lore, the recent story that you know a little bit more.
1: Right, right.
0: Mm-hmm. I played in the 90s, and there wasn't much of a story. It was just a bunch of cards. You know, whatever's on the card is what we knew back then. There wasn't a big story. And when I started to kind of get away from magic by the early 2000s, By that time, they started to put comic books out and novels and just a lot more story than what was just happening in the cards. So I kind of know pieces of story from back to the 90s to now, because you can look it all up on on a website and kind of get the quick version of it. Uh, So more recent lore, I kind of kept up to date with it a little bit here and there from 2017 to now. When I got back into Magic in 2017, there was a storyline happening in the Amonkhet plane, which is uh, like an Egyptian-themed plane. And that's when Nicol Bolas was uh, starting to put together these plots. Mm. Well, that was 2017. Now in 2019 is when it's all starting to come together. So all of these different threads of all of these various sets from 2017 to now are all starting to come together, so it's been fascinating. But I do admit, on the last couple of sets, I haven't quite read and kept up with the extra lore outside the cards. But I kind of know some of the recent stuff happening. Just yeah. so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Seems that, that it will be interesting to to watch a movie where mm-hmm. everything comes <laughs> comes yeah. in place, right? There's so many stories, though. But yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's there's with so many decades of Story, you you could do so many possibilities in a movie. Mm-hmm. So we watched the the two trailers for War of the Spark. The first treat, uh, the first teaser trailer was kind of a short one. Um, what kind of feeling did you get out of that trailer? Hey
1: Victor, I want to ask you what kind of feeling did you get about that trailer?
0: Oh, so the interviewee has become the interviewer. Yeah. What kind of feeling? I got um, I got interested, I don't know if that's a feeling, but I got interested, like what's what's gonna happen? They've started to build up this story. Um, I saw these planeswalkers on the stained glass. I saw one of them break, which was Gideon's glass. It broke and then the camera went inside. What does that mean? Is he gonna die in the story? Okay, all of these candles are snuffing out. They must mean a bunch of planeswalkers are gonna die. So from that, I feel like, well, I hope it's not the ones that I like. Um, what about the good ones, the bad ones? There's one candle left over. And in all honesty, I'm not the person that I want the bad guy to win because he's so cool and powerful. So if that final candle is Nicol Bolus, I'm like, ah, I don't quite want that. But if you look at the candelabra, that last candle was not the biggest candle. And you usually think, oh, the biggest candle is that Nicolbolus' candle representation. It was not that one that went out. Now we don't know if that big candle represents Nicol Bolas or some other bigger yeah. creature.
1: So it like in, in talking about it, because this is the first trailer that I, this is mm. the first teaser that I deal with mm. or that I get to see. Mm. So in your experience, seeing other trailers, they got that detail? about those nuances about, like, the size of the candle, who breaks. Because sometimes it, sometimes they're smart enough to do all that type of marketing. So
0: It feels th- like this is the one that has been the most artistic and metaphorical. The last several ones have been much more direct. Like when we went to the Ixalan plane, that one was a set that was full of, it had Mesoamerican styles, mm. and it had conquistadors it had indigenous people it had like an aztec-ish empire uh but it also had dinosaurs vampires merfolk and all that <laughs> fantastical <laughs> yeah. stuff and that one was those trailers those teasers were literally look at this vampire uh and his uh in his and his uh Amazing pirate ship that. and all of that and, and look at the merfolk it was like very direct there, very was, direct. Yeah. there was no metaphor this one was like completely metaphor so yeah. it feels like the yeah. first time
1: it will be very interesting to see if all those nuances and those details that you see in the first trailer and the teaser and the shorter teaser mm-hmm. um, really play into that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you see that the glass is breaking and it's this I mean, it's this plane walker. Is that a coincidence? It's just mm-hmm. randomly selected mm-hmm. or it's like it doesn't matter. It's just a candle in the middle and that happened to be the middle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you... I don't know if you notice it, but there's the horns of Nicole Wallace Mm -hmm. there. Um, It definitely, to be the fact that it was my first teaser, I wanted to know more. Mm -hmm. They did an amazing job with the quality of it. And um, I don't remember any music.
0: Exactly. The music was very minimal. It was just simple piano playing. Oh, okay. There were no vocals at all. It was yeah. like a very slow sort of piano playing. So I think I, I did get a sense of curiosity, and um, it was just very minimal music. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first feelings of that trailer were curiosity. I think right. that's the best thing that I would right.
1: say. And it, yeah, absolutely. You know, it reminded me a little bit of a... Uh, I don't know if you've been in Disneyland... But there is a there is a house, mm. a haunted house, mm. there. And then there are some parts that you see candles. It reminded me to oh, to that. Ah. Yeah. And um, the quality of that video, if mm. that's what they do right now, honestly, the quality of that video it's a, like a trailer teaser of the best movie that is coming up. Yeah
0: that's interesting uh yeah the haunted mansion i haven't been there in a while but i could see that that because it was that the mansion's very atmospheric and so this trailer was pretty atmospheric so would you say that this trailer worked you know whatever we define its goal do you think it worked
1: uh, absolutely it worked it worked i mean again i um sometimes when i started to see this video this this was kind of randomly randomly selected i didn't expect to see it when i when i click on the link mm. um and i'm a person that it's three seconds in into something online mm-hmm. on my cell phone gets bored mm-hmm. definitely i wanted to see more mm. so i guess that's that's great
0: so it, it definitely wins the short attention span award
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> that's a good way to put it
0: the second trailer, which was released at the recent PAX convention, the big old video game convention, uh, they had an even bigger audience. Okay, PAX is a big old convention about video games. Well, here's Magic Arena uh, making a big tournament at that um, convention. And then towards the end of the tournament before like the final battles of the tournament, they showed this teaser. So they had a huge audience and real people to see it and everything and a presenter and everyone. And then we got to see it eventually on YouTube. Uh, so the second trailer, it's longer. It definitely has more going on. It has more production. It has more story. It leaves less to the imagination than the first one. And then through it all, we've got the the great uh, Linkin Park song, the, the cover version, a slow uh, female-led version of In the End. You know, with the main lyric, it doesn't even matter in the end. So I, I thought it was a very powerful video. I think what feelings it gave me were curiosity, surprise. Um, you know, uh, I did feel shocked here and there, like they're attacking Gideon. is Jace dead? And then at the very end, Liliana, she's all burning up. Is she the one that's gonna die? So, what did you, what kind of, what did you get out of the video? What, what feelings or ideas did you get out of this second trailer?
1: Well, this kind of really blew me away. I can say that also I have a really positive reaction right away was, okay, this quality. This is a quality teaser. Hollywood, the highest, (laughs) the millions and millions of dollars produced um, teaser. It was great. Again, this is the first time that I see one. I'm not that familiar with the characters. I, I got to know Nicole Wallace, I got to, go, to to know Liliana as one of the main blink walkers in, in the story. I completely agree with you. I think you, just the fact of the reverse motion at the beginning, I was like, well, this is very, I mean, I felt myself being in a movie theater <laughs> looking at that, oh, okay, what is that movie? I want to watch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The reverse, more well, it you start to see her face, and they oh, yeah, you're right in the money. Her expression is the first time that I see graphic videos and that kind of technology really portray like those nuances of, of human emotion mm. that you only see with real people. And I mean, I have to applaud now to technology that they can do that, and they take they take those graphics from actually a human person being mm-hmm. an amazing actor because it's not the same to to do it from anybody else mm-hmm. i think that they just got it right picking up the right person to to give that emotion um it was great mm-hmm. i you see the anger you see the everything right the anger, the the sadness, the confusion, in mm. nuances of, of her face in in you know just microseconds of how she's being surprised, sad, mm. and angry again, back to angry, and um, it was it was perfect. Mm. It was perfect. I um, I think that everything that you mentioned was exactly what I was thinking. Uh, just when you see that. And immediately when, when it hits her that she is going to attack Nicole Bolas, it's also the the turtles turn around to look at her, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And they stop attacking uh, Gideon. So, yeah, I, I love it. I wanted to see more. I wanted to see what she was kind of like disintegrating her hands were disintegrating and uh, I I want to see what's going to happen there Mm
0: -hmm. this is one of the things that within the story like I said earlier that I kind of know this story up to the most recent stuff a, a little bit and I didn't read some of the most recent ones but Liliana she had made eventually she had made a deal with four demons to get all of this power and so she was under their contract right uh some of her recent story over the last several years has been she's slowly finding and killing them to get out of her contract. Mm-hmm. So there's something that happened in the some of the most recent story that I, I'm not quite sure, but now apparently Nicol Bolas now is the controller of that contract. Yeah. So she's under his contract. Mm-hmm. Something like that. If right. I'm wrong, you'll tell me in the comments.
1: <laughs> it's also administrative.
0: <laughs> yes, he, he signed the lease on her. So... Um, so we don't know exactly what's happening, but since the beginning of the video showing like she's in control of the Eternals, mm-hmm. he, uh, Nicol Bolas created the Eternals. They're his army that I think they're called the Dreadborn army. Um, he, he controls the army and she's controlling them. So she's with him, but then she has the change of heart at that moment. And starts to change everything so now Nicol Bolas is like well you're breaking the contract you you gotta die or who knows, <laughs> right, right, who right, knows right, what's like gonna so, happen yeah like
1: so. well,
0: who knows and I think that final scream of hers was acted well um and then you know a little bit of an echo effect I guess and then it ends and the the, the lyrics are playing and then the 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 text war of the spark and everything so I think they're doing it very well
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I agree also that it wasn't cheesy, you know, and being a woman and see a woman in power and a a woman a woman just taking control of all this. That was
0: Yeah, I think Magic has done a very good job over these last several years having more representation, more diversity, having more people be able to play that they see themselves in the game and um, there's a rich history of magic and there's more to come. Mm-hmm. I think with the popularity of it, it's 25 years and I don't think they're gonna slow down and they're just gonna keep getting better and better.
1: Yeah. At the end, human emotion is relatable and that's what yeah. we saw.
0: Exactly. So we agree that the quality of this is, has yes, been amazing. better than always. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I keep seeing people online say, well, when is the magic movie gonna happen? If you <laughs> see this quality, when is the movie coming? <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> I would think this way
0: hmm what did you think like within that one two and a half minutes did you think that was a good story did it have did it catch you for someone that would never ever ever know anything about magic if you were going to show someone would it be a good story for them
1: i think so again i mean it, it was so relatable it was um i think it was the the song that the the song and the the group or the interpreter of the song they did a, a great job they great I mean you can relate i mean that's that's one of the things that I was thinking about the audience uh the target audience because I think I couldn't guess, but um yeah i I think it was it was great it was it was re- relatable
0: I think the story was very good in it because I did have myself that range of emotions and reactions, so I think they did a very good job in that uh, short amount of time two and a half minutes to do something interesting so final question on a scale of one to nine thousand how hyped are you for war of the spark (laughs) the next magic set
1: i'm actually really really excited okay i'm in the nine thousands because yeah i I mean i heard that it's the first time that they're going to release 36 Blinkwalkers. walkers
0: yeah, thirty-six planeswalkers in one set. One every set. every booster pack is guaranteed to have one planeswalker.
1: Yeah, they're playing a good. That's a good <laughs> marketing strategy.
0: Yes. There's so many to relate to because of the different colors. You know, there's uh, the green planeswalker and I'm into the green color, or I like blue and white. So there's the blue and white planeswalker, like every color, every sort of aesthetic of magic player will have a planeswalker. And the way that they're changing their power levels and different kinds, I think, is really smart. So I definitely am hyped. My wallet is not, but I am
1: yeah. hyped. Out. <laughs> Your bank account this is going to bleed. Um, yeah, I want to play Liliana.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to play as Tybalt just for the LOLs. Yeah, well. He's the one that everyone hates. <laughs> well, as we wind down on this episode, is there anything you'd like to promote Uh, where people can go to check you out online and such.
1: Yeah, I would like to promote my website uh, pmdinteractive.com and also you can find me on Twitter. I'm not that active on Twitter. I definitely follow more people um, but it's uh, at p-m-duarte that will be p-m-d-u-a-r-t-e and as well you can visit me on my Instagram at PMD Interactive.
0: Very nice. We'll send you some traffic over there and uh, you'll you'll say hi to them, won't you?
1: Okay, absolutely we will.
0: As for myself, I'm over on Twitter, twitter.com slash VMCampus. I'm over on YouTube. I do a lot of YouTube videos. But over there, I'm youtube.com slash VMCampusJR. I have to throw in the JR in there because someone else was VMCampus before me. But they don't even use their YouTube account, so I want it. I'm over on Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampus. I've got a lot of great free stuff there. I consolidate all of my stuff in one place on Patreon, and I've got also various reward levels. At $1, you can get access to uh, deck tech videos. At the $2 range, I'll actually mail you a, a, a bunch of vintage magic cards straight from my collection. But there's a lot of free stuff there too. So I'm all over the place, and vmcampus.com too. Well, Patricia, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. It was really fun.
0: You're welcome. And we've got to have you back again. Well, this has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.
1: Bye.